Uh, one of my favorite stories, probably not most favorite, but one of my favorite stories from the Old Testament, uh, the king of Aram, not a nice guy, was waging war against Israel. And so he would uh, take his army and he would go to a certain place where he was going to encounter uh, and he would have whooped them. There's no doubt about it. The problem was that when the king of Aram got there, Israel didn't show up. And the king of Aram, it says in the old King James, became wroth. And he said, who's betraying us? They always know where we're going. And so he was going to figure out who amongst those of Aram were snitching. And one of the king's servants said, nobody's snitching. The problem is the prophet Elisha. He knows what you are whispering in your bedroom. Whoa, how would you like to have somebody like that around? Well, uh, by the way, I don't think I would. But the prophet Elijah, Elisha did know that. So the king of Aram, enraged, said, where is he? And I'm going to go get him. And somebody said, he's in Dothan. Now, be careful. How many of you have been in Dothan? I have Dothan, Alabama. He's in Dothan. So, at night, the king of Aram takes an army and he surrounds the city of Dothan. It's a little dinky town. And he's after one miserable little old prophet. Elisha, an army to get one little prophet. Well, he surrounds the city, and in the morning, Elisha's servant, or his apprentice, uh, is, goes out early, and he sees the whole city is surrounded by this huge army. So I'm going to read you the story. <clears throat> So when Elisha's servant arose early and went out, the army was there surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Oh, master, what shall we do? Because the servant was smart enough to figure out they were after just Elisha and probably his servant. And so Elisha answered, Do not fear for those who are with us are greater in number than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open the eyes of the servant and let him see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he was now able to see, oh, I love this, and he beheld the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire round about them. Uh, the story's even fun after that. The truth was, if you were there or if I were there, all we would have seen was the army of Aram with their horses and chariots after one little prophet. But the reality was, 
the poor king of Aram was so outnumbered. He didn't have a chance. All the rest of the story goes like this. So with Elisha, the army of, the, of, of Aram, of the Arameans, they get blinded. And Elisha says, come with me, and I will show you where to find Elisha. Sort of like Athanasius at one time. And so he says, come with me. And he leads them away, and, and, and they, 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 they're, they're conquered. And so the king of Israel says to Elisha, shall I kill him? And Elisha said, no, don't kill him. You're not going to kill your prisoners, are you? Give him a feast. And so they gave him a feast. They had a great feast. And it's a great story. Now, what's that got to do with the homily today? I just loved Father Nicholas' homily last Sunday. I loved his Sunday of Orthodoxy icon homily. I mean, I just sat there inspired, really. And I instantly knew what I was going to do today. Because he was helping us see what often we don't see, but is actually there. Now, secondly, several of you are very aware that several months ago, Father Nicholas made one tiny adjustment in the service. He didn't change anything in the liturgy. He just changed one little thing. He took something that often is done quietly by the priest in the little entrance, and he does it out loud. It's done out loud now. And since I memorized it in a slightly different translation, it goes like this. As the little entrance with the gospel, as that little entrance is being made, and we get up here, let us pray to the Lord, and the prayer is this. O sovereign Lord our God, who appointed in heaven the orders of our uh, the ordi- orders and armies of angels and archangels for the service of your glory here's the prayer grant that the holy angels may enter with us to serve and glorify your goodness with us when i first saw him i just loved it i love hearing that out loud Now, what does it mean? What it means is that a very, very majestic thing is occurring in the two entrances we make in the divine liturgy. Incredible. Because what is happening as that gospel comes out and as the clergy stand here and all of us are here, what happens is you see, here's what you see with your physical eyes. You see the deacons and the priests enter with the gospel. But what really happens is that a whole host, I don't know how many, more with them than there are with us, more of them than there are of us, a huge host of angels and archangels enter host you know how many a host is a big bunch that's how many a host is a host is essentially a synonym in the scriptures for innumerable now you say but father john i don't see it 
You'll only see it in the eyes of your heart. But now listen. This is the first punchline. It is very real. That is what is happening. It may be that we see the priests and the deacons go in, but what heaven sees is the priests and the deacons and the angels and the archangels and the cherubim and the seraphim. They see them. They, they all go in. Grant that the holy angels may enter with us to serve and glorify thy goodness with us. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And then, in the great entrance, I just, I love it. The priests and the deacons go in. And the choir and you are singing that we may receive the king of all who comes invisibly upborne by the angelic hosts. What is the proper response Upborne by the angels and the archangels, what is the proper response to such a thing? Hallelujah! That's when you can be a good Baptist. You can say, Hallelujah, or you can say, Hallelujah. I don't care. Just say one of them. Hallelujah! There's no other appropriate response. This is incredible. That is reality. People, I'm not telling you a little cute story. I am describing what is really happening. And if we had an Elisha and you were really scared stiff, he might pray for you and say, open your eyes and you know what you would see? The angels and archangels, the hosts of heaven, the orders and armies, you'd see them. Because that is what is real. Now, why do we do this? Sometimes I'll think to myself, as many of you do, you know, we cleaned up the old guy today. He actually, you know, cleans up moderately well for an old bird. Uh, but I just couldn't do this homily without, I asked Father Nicholas if I could vest and, and serve today. <laughs> Because I thought, I just can't stand here in a jibby and a stole and do this without taking a little bit off of it. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine in your mind what it would look like if in the great entrance we had the priests and the deacons in Hawaiian shirts? What would you think of that? Now, I don't think that would ever be appropriate. Now, what if the priest and the deacons came out in business suits? I can think of one circumstance where that would be appropriate. If that's the best they had. If that's all they had, and it was the best they had. But we don't really like... We don't like to do that in a business suit, do we? Because there's majesty in this. What are we going to do? We're going to have angels and archangels and armies and orders. And we're going to come out in a Hawaiian shirt. We miss it, don't we? 
Now, in defense of those, you know, a lot of preachers preach in Hawaiian shirts, and some of them are really pretty good preachers. My favorite preachers actually preach in business suits. Well, there's really no, they may sing a song about majesty, but there really isn't any majesty to be seen or known. I mean, it's, it's a very secular thing. But one reason we do so much of this, I mean, really, other than that, somebody's going to be after me for this. Judy afterwards will say I had this wrong. It's to help us, to help us build faith in reality. Why does God do it this way? Because, folks, we live by faith. We live by faith. If all there is in this world is what there is by your sight or mine, it is a very pathetic and discouraging world. Full of lost airplanes. Full of people dying full of genocide, full of all kinds of intrigue at the very highest levels, and no hope whatsoever. But we are not as those who have no hope. So we come here on a Sunday morning, and we come and we join in, and, and everything here, the homily last Sunday, the icons, what would you... I just can't imagine. I grew up in four bare walls and a pulpit. That's what I grew up in. And I'm thankful. Don't misunderstand me. I'm thankful for it. But this, this is so much better. Because it's not just the angels and the archangels, but as Father Nicholas was so clear about last Sunday, it's all of these, this huge family all together. All of this, all of this, all of this, Beauty in liturgy and sacrament to help us with faith. So today, when we get to the great entrance in just a few moments, don't let your eyes see just some little scrabbly guys, some boys in sneakers. That's okay, I don't mind the sneakers, but I'm sure glad they have the little robes on, aren't you? And to see the clergy enter, but it isn't just they that enter. It's we who enter. Reality is, it isn't just six or seven or eight that enter, or whatever it may be, sometimes one. It's all of us. We enter, and we stand, and we serve with the orders and armories of angels and archangels for the service of his glory. So let that be in your heart today when we proceed with this entrance.